Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me in a word of prayer. Loving and gracious Lord our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bring you glory. May they be pleasing to you, for truly you are our rock, our redeemer, our strength. Amen. During this Lenten season, we are using the resource that has been developed by the Discipleship Ministries of the United Methodist Church, and that resource is titled Gathered Up in Jesus. The Lenten season, as you know, is an invitation to think creatively about our discipleship journey. It is designed to be an inwardly focused season that challenges us to be outwardly focused. It is a time for us to stop and examine ourselves. The examination of our souls is simply so that we can be better individuals. I know in America we like to talk about individualism, but within the body of Jesus Christ we recognize that, yes, we are individuals, but we are also part of God's kingdom. We are to be part of a larger community. We are to be a part of and be involved in a world that God has created. We are called to be in the world and yet, and yet not be of the world. The call of this season is not one of condemnation. So if you feel condemned by God, no, that's not God, because God does not condemn. Through the Holy Spirit, God will convict us of our sinfulness, but God will not condemn us. This call, the call this season, is to a time of encouragement to move into the loving arms of Jesus Christ. We began this journey on Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is an acknowledgement of our need 
for a savior. It does not matter how self-sufficient you think you are, you need a savior. And the good news is that the savior has come and the savior, Jesus Christ, leads with grace. So as we begin this 40-day journey, remember, remember, remember that we are being gathered up in Jesus Christ. Over these 40 days, I don't know what you may experience. I'm not sure what kind of wilderness experience you are finding yourself in. And all of us are in a wilderness experience of some sort. Please know that Jesus Christ has gathered you up. You're not alone. This season is a call not only to deeper living and repentance, but to embrace the grace of a loving Christ who again gathers us up, who envelops us. This season is one of stopping and assessing our lives and determining where do we need to reorder our lives, not for the sake of the right now, but for the sake of eternity. Let you, please, you and me, let us take this necessary time to reorder our lives. What if we were to look at this Lenten season that happens every year as a season that provides us with an opportune time? An opportune time to talk about the temptations that we experience. An opportune time to just pause and see how Jesus handled the temptations. What if we were to look at this season, the Lytton season, as an opportune time to reflect on those moments when we have been vulnerable to detour from our journey of discipleship. What if we were to look at this Lenten season as an opportune time for growth, for taking advantage of those times to draw ever closer to Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ, who wants to draw closer to us. Could this be an opportune time when we can recognize and celebrate the joy of belonging, the growth in knowledge and wisdom, the support of the community around us? When when was the last time you paused and said, Lord God, I just thank you for Evangel Heights, my family and my friends who are there for me whenever I need them to be. Could this be an opportune time for us to recognize that we need more that we're not satisfied with where we are. We need a deeper walk with Jesus Christ, a walk that that involves our being all in when it comes to discipleship and more discipline. Is this an opportune time to be honest with ourselves and with God? When we do, we discover what the gospel writer recorded in John chapter 3, verse 17. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus Christ longs to gather us up as a hen gathers her chicks. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 13, verse 34. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Today's message is titled, An Opportune Time. And the title of this message comes from verse 13 of the gospel lesson that was read in your hearing. Hear it again, please. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. The temptation of Jesus Christ takes place in the wilderness, the wilderness where you and I also live at times. The Holy Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness so that Jesus could experience what we experience. The writer of the book of Hebrews, chapters 4, verse 14 and 15 states, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. In the wilderness, Jesus was tempted to take shortcuts, just like you and I are tempted to take shortcuts. We find an example of a shortcut in God's word, although there are several, and the one that I want to lift up this morning comes from Genesis uh, chapter 15 and 16. We have to look at Genesis chapter 15, where in Genesis 15, God promises Abram, his name had not been changed yet to Abraham, that Abram will have an heir. In chapter 16, we see that instead of waiting on God to bless them God's way, with an heir according to God's promise, Abram and Sarah, they choose a shortcut. You know about the shortcut. They try to fulfill God's promise their way by having an heir through Sarah's slave, Hagar. And there is another example of a shortcut, not in the Bible, but also in American history. I will not go into detail, but let me just encourage you to read about the Donner journey, where in 1846... A group of 90 people chose to leave Springfield, Illinois, and travel to California, and they took a shortcut. You know the story. Beware of shortcuts. There is also a warning about attempting to take a shortcut to God. The warning is found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, reading from the message. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't 
fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. So as we return to the gospel lesson today, the emphasis is on the responses that Jesus gives to the temptations than to the temptations themselves. Jesus' responses underscore Jesus' faithfulness to God. Jesus knows that his obedience to God will bring persecution and suffering, misunderstanding, and the cross. These temptations are tests to see whether even good things can lure Jesus from a focus on God's will. Or can lure believers into following a more comfortable Messiah? Are there leaders today who claim to be the Messiah's spokesperson, who preach about a crown in heaven, but do not preach about justice or the cross of Jesus Christ that we each must carry, a cross that will include persecution and suffering? So let's quickly look at these three temptations. Temptation number one, feed the hungry. Jesus had been in the wilderness for 40 days. He was hungry. The shortcut, the devil wanted Jesus to take a stone of bread, a stone rather, and turn it into bread. Then notice how he approaches Jesus. He says, if you are the son of God, Jesus, do you really believe what you have heard God say to you at the time of your baptism. Luke chapter 3, verses 21, 22 reads, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The devil attempts to raise in Jesus' mind doubt. Will God make good on the implied commitment? What does Jesus reply? Jesus reminds the devil. And again, he looks at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And he's thinking about how Moses was used to feed the people in the wilderness. The challenge is to be the new Moses for the people. Jesus quotes Moses himself in Deuteronomy. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Now here's the rest of the story. Jesus does feed the hungry. As a matter of fact, he fed 5,000 people. In Luke chapter 9, verses 10 through 17. Temptation number two. The enemy, the devil wants to tempt Jesus to rule the world. To rule the world with justice. 
And by the way, Luke portrays the devil as the ruler of the world, and John does as well in John chapter 12, verse 31. The ruler of the world is one who can manage the governance of the world's kingdom. The ruler of the world is the one who reigns over all within the world. And most of the known world in Jesus' time was heavily controlled by Rome authority. They had an impact on the economy, the administration, and the military. So the shortcut is Jesus, worship me, the devil, and receive the kingdoms without suffering and without dying. And Jesus replies, again, quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 13, known as the Shama. And it reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13 reads, Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths. In his name. Though Jesus refused the political power that the enemy offered, the focus of his preaching and teaching was to advance God's kingdom on earth. His preaching and his teaching focused on God's empire of justice and peace. And Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32. Because now this is the rest of the story. He refused the political power that the enemy offered up to him. He focused his preaching on the teaching of God. He focused his preaching and teaching on God's empire of justice and peace. And when Jesus was lifted up, he knew he would draw people to himself. And so in John chapter 12, verse 32, we read, And I, when I am lifted up, from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Temptation number three takes place in Jerusalem, the place where Jesus' ministry will culminate in his passion and resurrection and where the church will begin. The temptation is to test God. Shortcut, Jesus, just usher in reform that's needed right now. Do it my way. And yet Jesus' response is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. Rest of the story, though he refused to jump off the temple, to see if God would send angels to catch him, Jesus goes to the cross in confidence that God's will for life will triumph the world's decision to execute him. So what can we glean from this? Luke chapter 4 is not only about the temptations that Jesus faced, It's also about the choices 
of Jesus to be obedient. And it's also about the choice that we are called to make to be obedient. The text reminds us that we must live fully engaged to think through the implications of our actions as well as our intentions. Jesus encourages us through his example to meet the challenges of this world with the word of God, confident in our relationship with God through him, certain in the presence of the Holy Spirit who is with us always. So this is the question for us. Will we follow our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ's example and choose obedience to God? Or will we try to find a shortcut and miss the fullness of all that God has to offer to us? As we prepare for communion today, let us remember that we are vulnerable. There's no one perfect in this space. We make mistakes. And yet, in our brokenness, in our not living up to God's expectations of us, Jesus Christ, our victorious Savior, who's been tempted in every way, but did not sin, understands. There, there is nothing that you can say today about your past or your present, about your failures, that Jesus Christ, one, does not know, and secondly, that, that he would, you can't say he would not understand because he does. He does understand, and he does not condemn. And he's calling you, he's calling me, he's calling us today to accept his love and his grace. Be open. Receive it. Let us pray. You are calling us to bring our whole selves to you, Lord God. Help us to not hold back, but to come with our hurts, to come with our brokenness, to receive your grace to receive your forgiveness, to receive your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.